We start draft week with a predictive mock draft and your questions. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Monday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. A happy draft week to you all. You can feel the buzz in the air as we move closer and closer to the start of the 2023 NFL Draft. We've got the YouTube chat already popping, already buzzing with a bunch of questions. It is a Monday. We have a mock draft to discuss. Jamie Eisner put together what is, I would say, version 4.0 of his predictive mock that he already has told me is going to change countless number of times before he has to submit it on Wednesday. So we have that that we will discuss. I am working on a version 1.0 of my um, predictive mock, but we are passing the show over to you all of this week. And so we've already got some questions in the chat about Jamie's mock draft, about the draft in general. So that is how we are going to kick off uh, this week um, here on the show. But a lot of fun stuff here uh, throughout the week here on the YouTube channel, on the social channel, in the TDM Premium Discord. It is a it is that it is Christmas time uh, and you can feel it in the air. You can feel the buzz in the air. Woke up this morning and was very, very excited uh, to push the go live button and to get this show started. Hello to you, Sam. Hello to everybody uh, in the chat. And so again, you guys know the drill for the live viewing audience. You throw the questions in there. We will answer them here uh, in real time. We will start with the sports nut who asks, is the Levis at two odds thinking Houston takes him or they trade the pick? I think it's a great question. Uh, my inclination here at this point is that that would be a trade, that that would not be the guy that Houston would select at number two, so that it would be um, somebody trading into that spot um, in, to, in order to get um, Will Levis. Now, I will tell you, our good friend Jamie Eisner, who, by the way, is Jamie, are you still in the chat? I know, I know that you were in here at the beginning. Are you still in the chat? Because, I, I, listen, I need the TDN Daily and the entire community round of applause for our guy Jamie Eisner, who is Reddit famous. Because um, our NFL posted his tweet about the Will Levis odds, uh, and there was a full-blown conversation. It's one of the top posts in r slash um, NFL uh, this morning, and it has been uh, since he put that tweet out. So we, we have a celebrity in the building tonight, Jamie Eisner, uh, who is got the fourth highest Right now, the fourth um, most popular post um, on the NFL subreddit, I think, uh, under the the hot tab, 2.7K upvotes for you there, Jamie, on your tweet about the betting odds changing uh, for number two on Saturday. So you are a celebrity. We're happy to have you. But yes, I think this is not uh, the Texans related. I think if the Texans stay uh, in that spot, it will be to select a pass rusher. Um, and it will be to select Tyree Wilson. Uh, hint, hint. That is currently what I have in my version 1.0. You know what? I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you guys. Here's what we've got going on here. Uh, and this is why you need to watch the YouTube version of the show here. Uh, this is version 1.0 of the mock. I will I will get it in as close as you can so you can see what I got going on here. And you guys can ask any questions. But we, we got to New England. We got to New England's pick. And this is where we spot, as you can see, uh, version 1.0 right here. And we've made picks. I'll hold it up for just a little bit longer so that you can see all of the picks here that we've done. And you can ask any questions here as we continue uh, to put this together. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it would be, uh, it's not, Houston wouldn't be making the pick for Will Levis uh, at number two, that it would be somebody else trading into um, that spot. Um, would the Eagles actually take Bijan at 10? This is from Logan Baker. Um, I think it's certainly a consideration. Um, I think it's certainly something to, to think about, I do not have that right now. I will not predictably have that. Um, I think there are too many other teams uh, that make sense uh, for Bijan. Um, 
inside the top 10. I think there are a couple teams that make some sense. One team in particular that I've kind of narrowed my focus on that I want to make sure that that's the team that I have uh, getting Bichon. It would be the Atlanta Falcons as of this moment. But again, that's just the version 1.0. Could they take him? Yes. I think running back would be a position that you would consider. Um, I just don't think it's going to be one of the top options uh, that I have. Ross asks, do the Texans know, uh, even know what they are going to do at pick number two? It's a great question, Ross. I think they know that it's either going to be edge um, or trade, right? I, 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 I don't think quarterbacks on the table. I really don't. I think they are very, very comfortable. And this is just just me guessing, um, using my, my gut and an educated guess. I think they're comfortable not going with the quarterback. Um, I think they are comfortable. I mean, D'Amico Ryans has come from San Francisco uh, when other than, you know, trading up and selecting Trey Lance, which D'Amico Ryans wasn't part of that process, they have found a way to make do by just getting quarterbacks in other areas. And and if that's the tree that D'Amico Ryans has learned under, he's going to realize that, listen, I got to worry about everything else. The reason why we were successful in San Francisco is because we beefed up everywhere else. We had playmakers all over the place, all three levels of the defense. We had an impact tight end. We had two great wide receivers. We were able to run the ball really well. We were able to protect up front. Uh, and then it didn't matter who the quarterback was for us. We, it was interchangeable uh, behind uh, under center. And so I think that's the philosophy that D'Amico Ryans is going to bring in there and he's just the head coach but I believe he has a say and I think he's going to say no get me that elite pass rusher get me that guy that's going to wreak havoc in my division um, you know for a decade plus and so that's to me um, the thing that they're going to do uh, in a lot of ways uh, Tuttle says even though it's smokescreen season it seems like a lot of shoulder shrugs on what teams will do especially in the back half of the first round yeah this is because and we've talked about it here on this show we've talked about it on prospects and props um, we've talked about it in the TD and premium discord you have a, a very very finite group of players that people think are first round talents it was probably at most 20 per team and so with that that gives you 11 picks at, at you know at best in the back of the first round that are very open to going quote-unquote off the board because a player that's going to be on some team's board is not going to be on another team's board that high. And so that um, is interesting. And so to me, uh, the smokescreen season, you're getting a lot of information and you're getting a lot of information pointing to these are the things I kind of think is going to happen, but the rest is up in the air. And that's and it's fun. It is a lot of fun to have at this point. Um, do you believe the Paris Johnson or Witherspoon at three rumors? Uh, Sims World, I am very skeptical of any rumors that seemingly come out of nowhere this late in the process that mock a player um, to a team seemingly out of nowhere, right? That feels like it's drummed up interest. But Paris Johnson Jr. would make sense for the Arizona Cardinals at three. So that's where I have to at least take a step back and put a little validity into it. Devin Witherspoon would make some sense for the Cardinals at three from a positional need perspective. They need offensive line help. They need a corner. They also need a lot of other things. Um, and so that's why it, it would probably just be best P, best player available BPA for me. And that's why I would lean towards one of the edge rushers or one of the interior guys. Um, but you know, both of those guys do make some sense from a positional need perspective. Um, who trades up for Levis? The Colts. Let me show you here, folks. Let me show you what I have going on here. If you can see it right here, I have Minnesota trading up to take Will Levis in my version 1.0 of the mock draft, but I do not have them going high as Jamie. Jamie has Minnesota trading into the number two spot. I have decided we're going to do a little NFC swap because in my version 1.0 of my mock, 
I do not have Jalen Carter on the board. I don't have Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson on the board. I don't have either of the top two corners on the board. So Philadelphia, Howie Roseman does what he does best. He swindles. He says, all right, I'll make a deal with you. And he makes a deal, drops back about 10 or so spots, uh, and Minnesota comes up to to take Will Levis. That's kind of my hedge because I think moving up to two is really, really tough, and I don't really want to predict it because I think it kind of messes with some things. Um, So uh, this is the kind of happy medium where I felt like Minnesota could pull this off. And the way the board fell for me... Again, this is a version 1.0. I'm going to change it 47,000 times. Um, I felt more comfortable uh, with this being the way the board uh, fell out. When doing your predictive mock, what are you feeling for a ceiling floor for JSN? My ceiling is Houston at 12 if they stay in the spot. Um, I And that's what I have in my predictive mock right now. Um, so JSN, the ceiling is, is, is 12 to me. Um, a floor, let me pull up Tankathon just so I can see the teams in front of me. Um, and give you an accurate answer because I don't think anybody in front, I don't think Tennessee is going to take a wide receiver. Um, Chicago might, but I think they're going to be in love with one of the offensive tackles and they're going to have their pick of that group. Um, So they'll do that. And I don't see any other team in the top 10 really making a leap on a wide receiver with the other talent that's on the, on the board floor. um, The giants at 25, I think would be the floor. Um, Like worst case scenario. Um, I think if he's on the board at 25, the, the giants will run the card in. Um, so 25 would be kind of the floor for me. Um, Jamie says 23. Um, would that be Minnesota or potentially Houston in a trade? Because I know that's exactly what you did, Jamie. Um, you had them go to 23. You didn't have them take that wide receiver. But I could understand that. But I think ultimately, worst case scenario, um, the Giants at 25 would probably be as low as I'm willing to go. Um, how about the JSN Eagles rumor? Again, sports not. it's not much of a rumor, right? I mean, it's a report that they're doing a lot of late work in the process, right? Teams do this all the time. Um, all the time. And I don't read too much into it. It's certainly a possibility, but I'm not going to read a whole lot into to that being the case. Uh, more likely to happen, two running backs go round one or three tight ends go round one. More likely to happen, two running backs go round one or three tight ends go round one. Well, I think two running backs are going in the first round. Because um, I have Bijan going pretty early and I have a new, I have a new spot I have a new spot that I really like for Jameer Gibbs in the first round, and it's kind of a galaxy brain idea, but I'm going to do it because I really, really like it. Um, So that, and then the three tight ends. Right now, I don't have a tight end coming off the board through the first 15 picks, and I really don't think I'm going to be able to fit three tight ends in here. So sports not, I will say as of this, um, as this go around, um, I'll say two running backs go in the first round. Brayden says, I just don't know where Gibbs goes. Interested what you have. So right now, as of this moment, and I talked about it, uh, in a galaxy brain idea with the Jamie, and you can hear my full thoughts on this on the Prospects and Props podcast. I don't want to do the same show twice, right? But we're going to kind of have some overlap here um, at this point. So I'll share it here on this show because I know there are some people who don't cross over to the betting side of things and, and listen to that show. Um, this, I, I don't think teams necessarily 100% do this, right? And draft because of recent news and recent things that have happened, you know, within the last 6-12 months, right? They're, they're always looking kind of in the short term, but also looking at the long term. Uh, and I have been a big believer when we've talked about the fun scale, we've discussed Bijan Robinson as a huge, huge candidate for the Detroit Lions at number six. But people have said, eh, number six, Bijan, they got other things they need to address. That's fine. So we've talked about 18, potentially, man, if Bijan got to 18, what could that look like? Well, I don't have Bijan getting to 18. But if Detroit's picking at 18, they pick in front of some of the other teams that I would be worried about taking a running back, specifically the Chargers. And Jameer Gibbs on the board. Jameer Gibbs, a very good pass catcher, can help you in the passing game, which you're going to need with Jamison Williams being suspended for six games. You don't have to spend a top 10 pick on a running back. 
So why not have the Lions be the, the new landing spot for Jameer Gibbs? Everybody's been like, man, I don't have a spot for Jameer Gibbs. Well, maybe you were just given one. Maybe you were just given the gift of Jameer Gibbs makes a lot of sense for the Lions. And they need help because they're without JMO for six weeks or six games, I should say. Uh, they lost a Stanley Berryhill. So like their passing offense is going to need some help. You were We were already talking about them getting a running back. How about getting a player who's pretty good in the passing game? You know, a very good route runner. It certainly helped Alabama in a lot of ways. Was just a, their best target. And you get a great runner as well. So that's my new Galaxy Brain idea for the Lions. I really, really like it. Um, that's the spot that I feel is a spot that I can come around to to get Jameer Gibbs in there because when you're doing a predictive mock, there are players you you write down a list of players that you want to get in there, like players that you think are going to be in the first round. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be a first round player, and in order to find a spot for him that I don't think messes everything else up um, was tough. Detroit kind of gave me that spot, and so I really like Jameer um, as a as a potential mock option for the Lions at 18. Which team is the most likely to trade back in the first round, Sim says? Trade back into the first round. Um, I think if Houston passes on a quarterback at two, they're likely to trade back in um, to get um, Hendon Hooker. Um, I think, you know, a team trading back into the first round for a quarterback is obviously the first thing you're going to look at. Um, So I certainly think um, Houston is a team that makes sense. Let me look at the full order to see who's picking at the top of the second round and who could potentially... um, move up you've got within the first five picks you got pittsburgh houston arizona indy and the rams and like i don't know i mean the rams need everything so there's always going to be a player available for them so i don't know if they're going to immediately jump back into the first round for something um indy if a wide receiver starts to fall a little bit and they want to help whatever quarterback they take at four they could trade back in um i think arizona stays at 34 i don't think they trade back into the first round um so houston i think is the most likely team um Maybe if Vegas misses on a quarterback and they want to trade back into the first round for Hennon Hooker, they could come up from 38. Um, same thing with Tennessee at 41. Um, you know, Tuttle mentions Detroit. I think that's a great possibility. They, they pick 48 and 55 in the second round. They could very easily move back in and it not cost them a ton. So those would be the teams that I would soft circle as teams that could make some sense. But again, you got to see who's on the board, right? I think after pick 20, players start to emerge on the board that maybe other teams didn't anticipate being on the board. Uh, and that could maybe spur some action to try to move up. Uh, I'm getting some some comments in the chat about how uh, great the pick was of Jameer Gibbs. It's not written down yet because I haven't gotten that far because I can't figure out what to do with New England at 14 uh, in this mock. How early is Chicago's pick in round two? Well, they would have the top pick if they didn't trade it for Trace Claypool. They would be picking 32nd. Um, but they pick 53rd. Uh, that is the, um, the pick that they got for Roquan Smith from Baltimore. So they pick 53rd. Um, in the second round, and they pick 61st. So a kind of a similar spot from Detroit, but they're kind of staggered backwards a little bit, so they'll have to do some work there. Um, Eddie asks, would the Seahawks possibly move up if a quarterback falls? I certainly think it's possible, Eddie. Um, I think five, I'm not going to mock them a quarterback in any capacity. Um, So if they would do so, they would move up from 20. And again, when we talk about the quarterbacks that could fall, I think it's more likely for a team to trade to like Tennessee's pick at a well, not Tennessee's pick at eleven, but that range of ten, eleven, or twelve. Right, Philly at ten might be interested in moving, depending on the way the board falls. Houston might look at this and say, "Well, we're not taking a quarterback. If they don't take a quarterback at two, they could be like, well, great. Let's continue to move back. Let's continue to get more picks. Let's continue to build this team up. And how far are we moving back? We're moving from twelve to twenty. Uh, if Tampa calls and wants to move up from 19, we're moving from 19 to 12. You know, we're moving back seven spots. Minnesota wants to move up. We're, move, we're dropping 11 spots. Um, you know, that feels more palatable to me than the move up from number two. Um, it's doable because they pick 12. 
Um, but I would much rather go in the direction of if you're gonna move, to, if you're gonna move to. I wouldn't want to move back that far. I'd still want to keep two top 15 picks if possible. Um, but yes, Eddie, I, I certainly think the Seahawks could move up if possible. Uh, Jamie had uh, had an interesting proposal in his mock draft, and then ultimately ended up not doing what I thought he was going to do. He moved out of 20 with Seattle, moved backwards, and almost still landed a quarterback. He didn't go that direction. Um, but uh, Braden in the mock, there, you know, Jamie does something close to that. Jamie does something similar to that. Uh, Andrew Park says, Tank Dell, Josh Downs, best CBA available, or BJ Ojolari at pick 39 for Carolina. I mean, Andrew, I think you're I think you're you're throwing out all the right names and positions that I would consider at at, um, at 39. Tank Dell at 39 might be a little high. Um, I love Tank Dell, right? He's one of my guys um, in this draft class, but the size is a concern, and I don't know if this if if the if that's a top forty player, right? I, I think he's a top. Well, how many picks are there in this year's draft? One hundred and two after three rounds. I think he's a top one hundred and two player. I think he goes on day two, um, but I would be much rather interested in Josh Downs, maybe one of the Tennessee wide receivers, Cedric uh, Cedric Tillman um, or Jalen Hyatt, um, but. Th- Every name that you mentioned there makes a ton of sense, right? They, they need help at corner. They traded DJ Moore, so we're going to want to get a wide receiver for whoever we take at number one, more than likely um, Bryce uh, Bryce Young. And also, Andrew, I, I, I heard you say earlier, um, any 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 way that it's possible for Anthony Richardson uh, to go number one. I would say anything is possible, but I'm like 95-plus percent sure that like it's Bryce Young. Um, probably even higher than that. Like I think I'm 99% sure that it's going to be Bryce, number one. Um, and, you know, I, that's the easiest pick for me in my predictive mock. I write that down at the top of every page. So if that gets messed up, then so be it. But that's what I have written down. So, But, yeah, I think all names that you mentioned there uh, make a ton of sense and are, are in line with how I would be thinking um, in a lot of ways. Uh, Sims World says, who are some of your guys in the draft? Okay. Um, let's see here. The chat will help me out here because there are a lot of, of loyal listeners to a lot of the shows that I do. So they'll make sure, they'll keep me honest and make sure I don't forget anybody. Um, Julius Prince, uh, corner out of Kansas State, is a guy for me. Whatever team he goes to, as long as it's not an AFC East rival, I'm going to be rooting so much for that guy. Um, Tajay Spears, another one of my guys. Um very, very excited to see where he goes. Uh, Kendra Miller is another one of my guys um, running back out of uh, TCU. Um, Rasheed Rice is one of my guys, although there have been some concerns about some some potential um, red flags. Um, you know, I don't know these things, right? These are some things that, you know, we've been hearing. Um, I haven't been able to kind of confirm them um, and didn't really play well at the Senior Bowl. So I'll see where Rasheed goes and goes from there, but he's certainly falling off the board a little bit for me. So I would say Julius Brents, Tajay Spears, Kendra Miller, Tank Dell. Um, I'm trying to think of, is there anybody else that I'm like severely missing um, in like of, I'm just going through the positions in my head. Um Oh, Luke Musgrave. Thank you, Braden. Yeah, Luke Musgrave's a guy for me. He's my tight end one. Um, I would bet on those those physical traits. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Henry Tootoo um, at linebacker. Um, Ivan uh, Ivan Pace Jr. Um, linebacker out of Cincinnati is another one of my guys. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anybody else? That's a good. I think that's a good kind of base for all the guys that I've been kind of pounding the table for throughout this process. Uh, that I really. Oh, I mean Jordan Addison. If you want to count Jordan Addison, because he's kind of not getting a lot of love here this late in the process, I would throw Jordan Addison on that list as well um, of guys uh, that I like. Jamie, Jamie, throwing something in the chat to I think make people um, 
think and then immediately pulls the rug out because he mentions that the NFL is going to host their dress rehearsal for the draft um, for all 32 teams on Tuesday. Um, I mean, why 32, Jamie? I mean, there's a team that doesn't have a first-round pick. Um, And to make sure it all goes smoothly, and that mock starts at 4 p.m. Eastern, and he says, remember to ignore any of the pictures of the screen because you know those screenshots are going to come out, and they're going to have names on the board um, of different uh, players. And I'm sure everybody will then run to uh, the the betting uh, websites and places to be able to place bets based on what they see. So a good shout there by Jamie to say uh, don't pay attention to that. Um, Yeah, I think that's all, all of my guys. Um that I would say, like, I can immediately think of. Um, at all of oh, John Michael Schmitz, interior offensive lineman, Minnesota. Um, I, I just I keep having guys the more I think about it. Um, I don't have anybody in the quarterback class that I really like. I've mentioned the two running backs, Jordan Addison, wide receiver, Tank Dell, Luke Musgrave, John Michael Schmitz. That's really everything on the offensive side of the ball. Um, defensive side of the ball, I mentioned the two linebackers. Paris Johnson. Yeah, I kind of like Paris a good bit. Um, that would probably be another guy on the offensive line. Um, but yeah, those would be the guys, um, Sims, that are some of my guys in the draft. Uh, we'll see where they go. I mean, not all those guys are going to be um, day one or day two players. Um, I think a couple of them are going to slip into day three. Um, specifically, I think Kendra Miller falls into day three. Um, and I think Ivan Pace, probably because of the size, will fall into day three, even though I don't think he should. Um, so... Uh, Jets, Giants, Seahawks, all very interested in Chris's guy, John Michael Schmitz. Thank you, Jamie, for that piece of information to get me very excited uh, for John Michael Schmitz to potentially be playing in MetLife for the New York Jets. I mean, they did just re-sign Conor McGovern this morning um, and kind of uh, threw cold water on the idea of them taking um, an offensive, an interior guy at 42 or 43, um, but I don't necessarily think that rules them out for for one of those guys um, at 42 or, th- or 43, but I would be... Stunned. We had the floor ceiling conversation earlier about um, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. The floor ceiling conversation for um, John Michael Schmitz is like, let me look here. Let me have the board up. Like, floor, I would say like 23, 25, 20. He says Seattle. Yeah, okay, that makes some sense. The Giants at 25, after what you mentioned, I, I forgot that you mentioned the Seahawks, like 20, and then I think like the floor, or the floor is like 42 or 43 for the Jets, but I don't think he gets there. Like I got all of these teams that could make some sense to take, like Seattle, they don't take him at 20, could take him at 37. Um, You know, the Giants at 25, like John Michael Schmitz is going to go way higher than I think people think, and that's a name that I think I'm going to try to sneak into the first round um, in doing this process. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, you run out of, you run out of options. You run out of options at some point, uh, 20 to 43 is the range. And I feel pretty confident he goes in that window. I mean, it's a big window, Jamie, but I, I agree. Um, like that's the window. Um, because the jets currently with the two picks, we'll see what ultimately happens on Friday. If they can finally get this Aaron Rodgers deal sorted out. Um, but I, there is, I think a strong likelihood that he goes anywhere in that, um, that that window from twenty to forty three, um, you know. Again, I don't know if that's Jamie. Jamie and I aren't really going on going out on a limb here by saying that the ceiling and the floor um, for John Michael Schmitz in that regard. Um, maybe maybe the 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 you know the the ceiling being twenty um, is a shock is the shock to some people. Um, but the floor, I don't think is. Do the Jets, Seahawks, and Giants have five picks in that window? Uh, yeah, I mean, you got Seattle picking at twenty. You get the Giants picking at twenty five. Um, you have. Seattle picking at 37, and you have the Jets picking at 42 and 43. 
I mean, I don't think those teams are going to collectively take five swings at draft selections, and John Michael Schmitz is not going to be one of those picks. If he's available every single time, one of those teams picks. I just don't see it. I really, really don't. Um, all right, we're going to wrap up the uh, podcast version of the show here. We'll go do about five minutes of, of post-show uh, shenanigans. Appreciate everybody listening to this in the podcast feed. This is the week. Uh, if you have not taken part in the YouTube version of the show, this is the week to do it. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every single day, probably other than Wednesday uh, this week. You're going to get coverage leading up to the draft. Uh, Friday's show I know is going to be spectacular. Um, we might go for an hour on Friday's show reacting to the first round and previewing uh, day two of the draft because there's just going to be so many things and the TDN staff is going to be together. So we'll be able to talk to some different people here um, on the show. So you're going to want to be over on the YouTube channel, but we appreciate you listening to this show, rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast. Uh, but we've got a lot of great co content coming to you this week on the draftnetwork.com. Um, so stay tuned. We've got a bunch of shows coming this week. Appreciate everybody making this show a part of your day. Uh, everybody enjoy the rest of your Monday. I will talk to you all tomorrow.